This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Mully and this is what we've got coming up today. We take our minds back to Cambridge United away where a much changed Luton side went out and won 3-0 and secured their place in the fifth round to face Chelsea. We'll also be discussing that fifth round draw with the Hatters drawing a big one as we all look forward to that clash. We also assess last night's 2-1 victory against Barnsley. It wasn't a pretty game but ultimately we got another three points on the board all before we'll look ahead to Birmingham away. Uh, We're we're sort of seeking revenge, I guess, after that 5-0 defeat earlier in the season. And, you know, a team with Troy Deeney and Lyle Taylor up top is not going to be pretty once again, I'm sure. But I'm here today with Stephen Day, Jamie Castle and Dylan Bundia. Stephen, how are you getting on, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. Kind of in isolation because my mum's got COVID, but uh, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. But yeah, I'm all good after last night. Yeah, as you say, another another reason to be positive, another victory. As I said before, it wasn't the prettiest game of football, but this win and mentality is something that we can all get behind, I am sure. Jamie, how are you getting on today, mate? Yeah, I'm good, cheers, mate. I'm sat here currently with a nosebleed with Luton Town, seventh in the championship. So it's um, yeah, it's a good sight to see. Yeah, good sight to see. But as you say, it's a little bit worrying because you think, <laughs> what what can go wrong from here? And um, Dylan, <laughs> what about yourself, mate? How are you getting on? Yeah, well, happy after last night. Um, this afternoon wasn't wasn't as nice. Team, my coach lost in extra time, so tough. But no, so happy with with Luton and and. The last night was was you know a, a good win to have. Yeah, well, we'll keep everything Luton to keep you keep you positive about it all. I know we. I was going to say, you, you, you can literally hear it in your voice. 
Yeah, yeah, he wasn't the happiest, was he? Joining the call, but I'm sure, I'm sure Perk up going through the the sort of joys of yesterday, getting three points and being on the same points as sixth place. It still seems crazy to think. But first of all, we'll talk Cambridge. Obviously, fourth round of the FA Cup. Uh, I wouldn't say banana skin because you know Cambridge have every right to, would have had every right to go into that game feeling that they could get something out of it at home obviously doing very well I think in terms of their budget in terms of um, sort of resources as well they're doing very well in league one and they would have been iron looting up as, as a sort of potential avenue for, for going on and winning Jamie absolutely and yeah I mean I think that the FA Cup this year is is shown even even more than than, than ever before just how how good the cup is for I guess the guess the, the, these cup upsets and obviously Bournemouth would go into Bournemouth and Plymouth going to Chelsea and being un, unlucky. So for for Luton to to have a much changed side to go to Cambridge to put in a reasonably convincing performance. I think the second half was much better than the first, but I mean three 0 with eight changes, you can't really ask more. You can't really ask for more than that. And we'll. we'll go to it all it was you know Cambridge away when when we got that when we heard that we were playing Cambridge away I think all of us were very very excited for it I think it was yourself Jamie and Stephen that that actually went in the end lucky enough to get the tickets what was the atmosphere like brilliant yeah it was yeah brilliant a brilliant atmosphere uh it felt obviously felt different to what it used to feel like back in the conference league two days but um yeah, it it was it was a brilliant day out and a brilliant atmosphere at the uh, stadium. Yeah, yeah, as you say, absolutely gutted to have missed it. You know, one of the best away days over the last few years when we've been in the same divisions, when we've been in League Two, when we've been in the National League. So, yeah, I was very, 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 very jealous of you boys. But yeah, I'm glad that we've secured Chelsea in the next round. It's going to be a, a massive one, I am sure. Looking back at that Cambridge game in a bit more detail, what one sort of key development was Peter Chioso coming in once again and really impressing. Um, you know, his ability to get forwards, supporting the play, his defensive capabilities are unquestioned, really. So is it now, do you see him as, as solely competing with, with James Bree for a starting spot at right wing back or, or right back or whatever we do? Or can you see that sort of right centre back position being occupied by him in in sort of weeks to come? Both really for me. Um, I mean, I, I think pr- primarily he's he's there to lighten the load on on James Bree because um, someone like James Bree, the way he gets he gets up up and down the wing, the way he defends and and, and gets forward, he, he needs to not play ninety minutes forty six times a season. Um, but. As you said, Peter Kioso defensively is fantastic, and, and and that's why he's come on probably three or four times now since he returned in that white centre back slot, and and even came on ahead of Lockyer last night. So absolutely, I think, yeah, I think primarily he's there as that white wing back, and going forward, I think that that's where he will be long term in his career. But in terms of to to provide that cover at white that, that white centre half is, is fantastic. I think. Um, similar to how he came on last night as well, going right back with Bree going right wing for, I think it was the last 15 minutes, I believe. And I thought that was quite a good system, really, because 
obviously with Kyoso's defensive abilities and Breed's attacking abilities and his, you know, his crossing at the moment being quite, well, exceptional really, um, it wasn't a bad move to try and see out the game as well. I think it's sort of a really good game plan to have for the latter stages of a game. Yeah, it's interesting actually with with um, Kyoso coming on at right back and, and James Breed pushing slightly more advanced. Um, James Breed was saying after the game that he, he has full faith in, in Kyoso. He, he knows he's a great defender and it, it sort of lightens, he, he lessens basically his, his defensive load. So having two quality options that we haven't, we didn't have at the start of the season because Jones said um, Jordan Clark was supposedly our, our number two right wing back, but having two quality options in a position like that is going to be difficult for, for the one that, that tends to miss out. But also from a Luton perspective, it is brilliant to see that if something does go wrong, we've got more than a competent option to, to come in and take their place. Yeah, definitely. I think, the club is from a club from the club's point of view. It's it's brilliant because we've got two fantastic right wing backs, as you say, um, two slightly different players as well. So we've got a bit of variation. Um, but for the individuals, of course, you know, at the minute Bree is ahead of Kyoso without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion. Um, and every time Kyoso misses out, it'll be tough on him because he he he'll believe and back himself to be a regular championship starter. Um, and that's just comes down to then the environment and how we handle that. Um, you know, how we keep him motivated, how we keep Bree motivated if, if Kyoso does come in. Um, but for the club, it's it's a fantastic position to be in, to have two, um, you know, quality wing-back options in there because the amount of distance that those two have to cover every game is is insane. Um, so it's really good good for us to be able to just rotate that. Would have been interesting if Bree hadn't picked up that slight knock if he could have gone the whole season playing every single minute because... You know, now that we know he can play right wing as well, it should have would have really bode well. I don't know if that's ever happened before for a outfield player to to have played every single minute. It might have been with a centre back in the championship before. I'm sure that might have happened. But to play in such a position where you need to be very athletic up and down the pitch, I'm sure that that's got to be a first. If if he would have done that, we'll go on to um, Elliot Fort because he was given his first start and. Um, it's quite an exciting one. Um, I think fans are excited to see what else he can do this season. Um, obviously came in, chipped in with an assist, uh, progressed the play very well. Um, wasn't too flashy. We got stuck in a gritty, determined performance, but also showed that quality with the ball. So do you think we can see more of him as the season progresses? You know, Will we see him on the bench, say, in, in the Championship on a few occasions? Or do you think that they're still players ahead of him at the moment in the pecking order that might sort of halt his progress and halt his progress in the first team should I say I think I think he's quite a way off the first team considering that obviously he started against Cambridge and that was that was brilliant for him but um you could see how raw he was still um and I could see him coming on maybe for like 5 minutes in one or two games Say we've got more injuries in midfield, but I don't I don't see the that much of a like much room for him to be involved between now and the rest of the season. But I can't see why not if he uh, if he impresses in training and impresses in pre season next season. Why not 
be someone that's in the squad each week next season. Would you say, would you say, Dylan, that do you see him playing more minutes, or do you think that, well, especially now he's got sort of a sniff of first team football, he's going to be ambitious, he's going to be pushing or, with all his might to try and get more regular first team minutes. Do you think that he's got the ability, he's got the character, he's got sort of all the ingredients needed to, to step up and, and play a part in the championship, or can you see sort of the development avenue being? what we see for the rest of the campaign. Well, he's, he'll be hungry to do it. Um, I think there's a lot of players ahead of him, um, especially with the likes of Barry and Clark coming back. Um, so I, I don't think we'll see much of him this season in the championship. If anything, he might, if unless there are significant injuries, which hopefully there isn't. Um, but what he showed, I think, against Cambridge was just, he, he kept things very nice and simple. Um, his touches were good. He found some decent like forward passing options. Work rate, unquestionably fantastic. Um, was very disciplined in his press. A couple of times just stepped out at the wrong point or didn't step out, which then left space for, for Houlihan because then Osho had to come out and, and, and deal with it. But, but that's, that, that's just part of the learning curve. And, you know, it's his first game. You can't expect him to be tactically disciplined and, and on it every single moment. Um, so I think he showed a lot of good things against Cambridge. I, I think let's. I, I don't think we'll see massive amounts of him in the championship. Uh, might just be a bit soon. I think alone would definitely help um, because especially even if if someone like Carlos isn't getting game time, then you know Elliot Thorpe will be behind Carlos. Um, but it, it bodes really well for the future, and and hopefully he can continue his his development. And and maybe if that's alone, then alone will happen. Um, but he looks like a really exciting young player and someone who we're happy to have in our environment, who we can mould in the way that we want and then maybe at some point give him some first-team minutes that he might not get with us. And coming on to Admiral Musquay, obviously a big deflection afforded him the third and you know the, the goal that actually sealed our place in the next round and um, again showed glimpses of excellence um, and sort of parts of the game, he, he struggled to get involved as as we we come to expect from our forward players. So, do you think that goal is something that will give him massive a massive boost in terms of confidence? And can he really kick on from this point and you know emerge as a regular starter and perhaps recapture that form that we've seen just before he went to Afcon? I hope so. For, for, for me, I mean, I think I, I said to you, Stephen, before before the game that. Musquegas needs that goal. I think he, he was lacking a bit of confidence. And I mean, Esperon is he's had a tough start to life at Luton. He obviously came in. I think he got a knock. He got COVID. He went to Afcon, and it's it's not been conducive to consistency or or, or getting a one on the side. So he's had a very tough start to to life at Luton. So he probably has dropped his, dropped his, his head a little bit. He's he's looked at how how Cornet's been doing how, how how Eli's been doing and thought well that that's what I want to get to but he obviously quite has he hasn't quite reached those levels so to, I mean hopefully now he's got that goal he, he can sort of get his head up and and and, and hopefully sort of move on and I mean Musgrave so far has shown a lot of promise he, he, he and that's probably all he has shown so far so I'm hopefully on the back of of the Cambridge game if he needs to come on for 20 minutes for Cornick then hopefully he can get a goal in, in the league. And the last thing about Cambridge was Dan Potts. Obviously, uh, his game time's been confined to 
very little because of Murray Bell coming in and that switch from going from a solid four to more often than not playing with a five at the back. And, you know, we, we've said before, we don't think he's, he's too suited to the left wing back role. But again, we've seen him as a left centre back and it was a really solid performance from him, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think with Potts, it's kind of his, it's his, probably his best position left of a three. Um, he's definitely not a wing back. I think he knows probably that he's on the fringes of things this year. Um, he's been a fantastic servant for us and he continues to be a really important part of the environment and and so on. But yeah, he did a good job. Um, but definitely I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't see him I, I would I wouldn't be keen to see him at left wing back um this season. But definitely an option and as we saw against Barnsley, which I'm sure we'll 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 move on to, um, you know, we, we aren't just wedded to a to a back five or three or whatever. You know, we can change it and then he becomes more of an option if we do change it. And then we'll, we'll quickly move on to the Chelsea game. Um, I'm, I'm sure nearer the time we'll, we'll speak a lot about it because it is a, a big game for us. And I think the, the biggest part about this, Jamie, um, as I've seen you tweet about it, is that there's genuine belief around the loot and support that we can go and beat the champions of Europe. Yes, yeah, it's pretty bonkers really, isn't it? I mean, first of all, as a tie, it's nigh on perfect. You probably couldn't ask for a better tie than a, a top four Premier League side at home midweek under the lights. I mean, if that doesn't get you going, then then, then what does? Um, but in terms of the game itself, absolutely. I, I see no reason why we can't beat them. I thought we were unlucky at Stamford Bridge last season with no fans. So to, to have it at home with fans... We, we all know what the Kenny can be like when it when it's going and and just you, you look at the likes of your Haki Ziek and and your Lukaku's and Verners like they're not going to like that like they're, they're going to hate it they're going to they're going to get a bus to Luton in, in it, and they're going to go to a confined dressing room they're going to hear a ho- like a very hostile atmosphere so that combined combined with a, a side like us that that gets like gets at teams and puts the half on under pressure on the ball it's just like a mix of a style of play with with the atmosphere that we can that we can generate i mean there's absolutely no reason why we can't beat them and as you say it's obviously a, a team filled with world class talent there'll, there'll be heavy favorites you know but there's this still this genuine belief we'll go direct we'll we'll really really test them physically and athletically as well so do you know when you think of, of playing Chelsea and um, it's similar to how it panned out last time we played them, they've seen a lot of seen a lot of the football and managed to dominate us like that. But you know, at Kenilworth Road with all the fans back, it's just going to be a spectacular event for for us Luton fans. Yeah, it's it's going to be brilliant. And how I sort of see it is, it it has the ability to be similar to the Liverpool game where we lost 5-3. Liverpool were European champions at that point and we took the game to them. We, you know, I've I've seen like the replays of it a lot. I I wasn't there and I'm probably a bit too young to remember it if I was. Um but it I think it has the ability to be a similar sort of game and I think, well, as as Jamie said, as I think everyone's going to say, there's absolutely no reason why we can't go and beat them, or at least take them to extra time, or is it a replay afterwards? Uh, extra time, yeah, extra time, the whole way through, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I, I don't see why we couldn't do that. And, well, again, as Jamie said, like, there's, there's just genuine belief that we can actually do it. Um, and that's that's what I'm kind of loving at the moment. Not just that we're going to be playing Chelsea. It's the fact that we actually have belief that we could do something. Whereas, you know, two years ago, I barely had belief that we were going to beat Bournemouth away. And we lost 4-0 in the FA Cup. And, you know, this is so much more different. It's so much more exciting. I'm just, I can't wait. Yeah, and I think that Liverpool tie, Stephen, was a great comparison because I, I was there and I remember I, I was sat under Kenny and, I mean, h- how we didn't win that night, I don't know. I mean, we, we were 3-1 up and for me, we, we, we should have gone on to, to see that, that game out. And I think Nathan Jones is, is, is a lot more tactically sort of adept than, than Mike Newell was. I mean, I, I, I rated Mike Newell, but I think Nathan's just at a different level, so... If 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 you put if you if you put Nathan in a scenario where we're three one up against the European champions, we see it out. Um, so hopefully this time round we can do that. Yeah, it's a good good point you make about Nathan Jones's in game management. I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to it with this Barnsley game. Um, but but before we we get into you know during the game, um, we opted for Cornick and Adebayo again. Just so relieved to see those two playing up front again, and I know it wasn't wasn't their most productive night, but just having them two back and you know they're getting back to full fitness. So I guess that's a big part in in why they weren't you know, Coventry level um, or against Swansea in the first half. That that probably was that was probably the the big reason behind that. But to see those two together again, Adebayo using his physicality, winning winning headers, and then Cornick running off him and and. Uh, breaking the lines it was just great to see wasn't it yeah it's good to have them both back um two fantastic forwards for us uh and even more important considering that jerome and Moscow went on the bench last night um, i'm not sure what the reasoning behind that was whether there was a knock or, or something like that but obviously if those two are out um then we definitely need those two back and and at the minute they're our best two they're our best front two um even though barn uh, last night wasn't the best um, those guys get back up to sharpness, especially Cornick after quite a while out. Um, we, we look really dangerous with them. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really good to have them both back and, and hopefully we can have all four of them, Jerome uh, and Musque as well, um, firing on all cylinders with Onya Dimma as well off the bench. And we've got five really good options in that front two, or if we decide to go to a front three like we did um, for the last 40 of, of the Barnsley game. And before we completely talk about all things Lewin, we'll, we'll give Barnsley a, a quick mention because they didn't look aside the, uh, the bottom of the table, obviously lacked a little bit of creativity and you know a bit, bit of final product. But the way they move the ball, the way they keep possession, um, I think Domingos Quina was, was brilliant at, at breaking the lines and, and turning um, comfortable possession into sort of more dangerous attacks and uh, I think Amin Bassi as well was another player that looked quite good for them so it's it's weird to see them bottom of the pile uh, six losses in a row and, and 12 games unbeaten now Yeah it was well, I mean the way they played and the way we played I think we almost flattered them a little bit because we just didn't look on it and Naismith in particular didn't look his usual self like he was still calm on the ball but he just made 
three or four mistakes and that you know one of the mistakes let them in um and they scored from it um but i think we kind of did flatter them but at the same time i i can see what you mean that they don't look like a bottom of the table sort of side they 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 kind of came at us and they weren't they weren't really frightened at all and i thought there was a very good chance we could have lost that game like going into it beforehand you'd think well yeah we we we've, we've you know not got the right to win but we you know if we put in a performance we will win um and then within 10 minutes i was like this is going to be a long night it you know we didn't start great we didn't look up for it and it's just lucky that this side can win ugly yeah i'm sure i'm sure as baggy knows what he's doing he, he seems like a manager that's getting somewhere but why are you playing callum styles at right wing back i didn't he's... understand that i saw that and i was like what what is he doing there just made no sense why whatsoever not? you know so, uh, okay at left wing back <laughs> sometimes but he's so easy he's, he's so creative he's He's why, why one of those players that you want receiving the ball in the lines and, and oh, I, I didn't get it. I really did not get that. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't mind it. I thought that if you've got Styles coming in on his left foot from the right-hand side, he, that just opens up loads of different angles into forward areas into like so he can then feed the likes of uh, Bassi and Kino, who he did. like The first move of the game, first 10 seconds, ball into Styles on the right, comes in on his left foot, straight through into into Bassi, I think it was or Kino, I can't remember. Um it just opens up a few angles. I actually don't mind it. I thought it was it was okay. Um but yeah, I think with Barnsley they just it's a bit like what NJ was saying after the game about us. We we know how to win championship games and they just don't at the minute. They just they can play good stuff and then concede from a set play. Um and concede silly goals. Like, you know, it's a set play and a silly penalty. And it's kind of a bit like what we used to do um in our first season. So they just need to learn how to do the basic stuff, and because they play good football, it's just the little things that um, that they just struggle with, like like corners, which are so important in the championship. That's why I tweeted this morning that they need Neil Warnock on loan until the end of the season. Someone that can you know secure their their championship status and then give as Baggy this summer to you know can continue to implement his ideas. Imagine that a managerial loan, seeing Warnock come in just for a short stint at a club. <laughs> Well, you say that, I'm pretty sure I saw an article in the Yorkshire Post earlier saying that he's been linked back with Barnsley, so it, it might not be too far from the truth. Well, it was it was on TalkSport the other day saying that I know I've been linked with them and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it. Why not? Why can't I go in there and do the sort of similar thing to what I did with Rotherham back in 15, 16, I think he said. But I mean, he's even said it himself, like, why not? I'd love that. I'd love to come back in and do something again, even though I'm, you know supposed to be retired but will he ever retire no it would be surprised from my i guess football ownership perspective like a progressive ownership structure in like the conways and, and the way they try and build their club to have an appointment like warnock would just for me go against the grain completely and that that would that for me would be the warning sign that actually they've just lost the plot that's why on loan would be it would be even better on loan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they're, they're not Man United, are they? <laughs> um, I think the best way to sum up the game in, in general was another very scrappy game, and I think I think you've all mentioned it now. It's that notion of knowing how to win games, how to 
how to put three points on the board again because as you say in our first two seasons first season we would have lost that game second season I think we probably would have drawn and it just shows that kind of progression that I'm trying to rack my mind here and think the last time we genuinely played very well and I don't know when you think but I'm, I think the last time we, we dominated and looked a very very good side was against Bournemouth yeah yeah same for I think at home, in particular, I think the the, the last time we, we played and put in a really good performance was that first half against Bournemouth. I think Swansea away, I thought, for the, the scenario and the setup, I thought we were fantastic. But with regards to a, a home performance where we tried to get out of the team, I think, yeah, that first half against Bournemouth was probably the last time that our performance levels were of the level that I would, I would imagine Nathan wants. Um, but having said that, since then, we've... Beat Bristol City. We were, we were by no means great, but we got three points and, and same game last night. Um, and ultimately, if, if we are going to be taken seriously in, in this playoff battle, that's what we need. We need, need to keep picking up three points. And, and ultimately, if we can't win a game, don't lose it. So if last night we couldn't win it, it was, it was super important not to lose it. And it, it turns out that we brought Fred on and, and we won it. In a similar way, like, I think that's how we kept ourselves going in League One to get promotion and win the league. I remember there was a time where we weren't performing great at all, but we were just we weren't losing. We were either drawing or winning, and it was I think it was after that unbeaten run came to an end that's you know we performed even worse. But like we weren't performing great, but we still getting the wins. And as Jamie said, if we want to be taken seriously, then that's how we've got to go about things. Even if we don't perform well, we need to we need to win or at least not lose. And that that I think bodes well for the rest of the season. Twenty points from nine games, not playing the best in you know probably two thirds of them, and and we're picking up these points. I think that's something that that the good teams do. The teams that do go on and, it's and what you see sort of called promotion form. Yeah, yeah, without. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you were to seasonalise that, that's that's 102 points, and I'm, I'm not saying that we're a 102 point team, but if if we do that over the next what 12 games left, is it? I think if we do that over the next 12 games, then absolutely we'll, we'll be in the playoffs. Definitely, yeah. As you say, still a, a large chunk of the season left to play, and um, you think we'll get back to to you know the, the sort of the performance levels we've seen in. What the, the performance against Coventry, the first half against Swansea, and, and those kind of performances, sort of the mind goes back to, to Millwall away as well. Another another dominant performance. Um, we'll go on now to Alan Campbell, and he, he's just a player. I know Jamie, you absolutely love him. Dylan's Dylan's guys, Musquay. Jamie's is definitely Alan Campbell. Stephen, I'll go for Pelly Ruddock. He's, he's, now, we've all got our favourites, but it was a very, very good performance from Alan Campbell, who just was relentless and everything you expect from Alan Campbell it was put on show last night. I love him. I just, I, I, just, I love him. I mean, he, he's everything that I wanted him to be and more this season so far. He's um, just, the, you, can t you can just tell the sort of guy he is, just the way he plays. You, you can, he has a lot of personality in his performances. And he's just he's just relentless. I mean, I, I, I get tired watching him. Um, he's just all, he's all over the all he, he literally he, he covers every bit of grass. And and importantly, he's now starting to add goals to his game. He's starting to try and 
add in those those Luke Berry sort of like what runs off the ball. I mean, if, if you look at his goal against Bournemouth, that 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 one that he made into that space was was what we we sort of think of a Luke Berry sort of one. Um, so the fact that he's only been in in our side now for t- for twenty eight games, uh, I mean, this yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so excited to see w- what he can bring to Luton going forward. And uh, I think when um, when we signed him, I saw a tweet from a a Scotland based fan saying that he, the move to Luton seemed a lot like the move from McGinn from Hibs to to um, to Villa. And and if I mean if if Campbell can reach the heights of McGinn, then then wow. I yeah, think I'm just going to jump in there and say, like, I think before the Blackpool away game, I remember being a little bit concerned that he might not get into the squad this season. Like, not not get in, but like fit in so much. But he's completely, he's completely like, um, well, kind of blown me away. I, I expected things from him, but I guess up until the Blackpool game, I was thinking, eh, like, maybe it's. He's not so much for this season, but next season is when he'll really get into it. But he's he's gotten into it, and since the Blackpool game, like I I love him as well. And he's got that that dream tie now against Chelsea to play against the Parisian Campbell in Golo Kante. I mean, he's called the Lanarkshire Kante, but I think um, soon he, he might actually take over and dethrone Kante himself the way he's playing at the moment. We'll go on to another another player, um, another player that sort of stood out um, in terms of his involvement yesterday. And it, Gabriel Osho um, wasn't his best performance in recent weeks. Of course, had a, a very good spell in the team, and you know I think um, we we opened a poll out at the end of the game to see whether people are still in favour of Osho starting when, when all defensive options are, are fully fit or whether Bradley would come in. And the results were 21% with Osho and 79% with Sonny Bradley. So it sort of goes to say that um, Osho's performances prior to, to yesterday, a bit of recency bias, why, why everyone kept sticking him in the side. But at the same time, he he's a very good option to have should Sonny Bradley come straight back into the side, he'll keep um, competition levels very, very high. Yeah, I think um, I think that that poem isn't really a slight on Osho. It's more of a praise of appraisal of Bradley. Um, but Osho's been Osho's done very well, and and for him to step in into the middle of the back three, is such an important position, um, and and play with real consistency and show like a, a level of maturity. Um, that that is so so important, um, and I, I think it's been massive those last few games in terms of his development, and getting that consistent run of games, that rhythm, um, that's so important if you're going to perform at a, a good level. Um, but I think I think when Sonny Bradley's fit, Sonny Bradley is so important um, to what we do, and and he's been fantastic this season. Um, so I think Sonny Bradley will probably come back in at some point, but this run of games has been so good for for Gabby Osho and his development and he's shown so much um you know it's epitomized by that Swansea game where he was just fantastic um and it's brilliant again it's a bit like the Kyoso Bree situation it's just brilliant for the club to have so much depth and so much quality and and players not just quality and depth but players who can develop as well play we know Gabby Osho is just going to keep getting better and better and better and that's amazing again free signing um absolutely incredible bit of recruitment and and what a player to have 
available who can step in when the likes of Naismith, Bradley, Lockyer, Burke are, are all uh, are injured at some point. And the last thing I'll, I'll say about this Barnsley game, um, what do you boys think of Brad Collins? Definitely not your your option to replace league with is he, Billy? He he was up there, and then I seen him last night. He, statistically, he, he met a lot of um, what I was looking for. But yeah, I think after last night, um, if he was announced, it'd be very very interesting to see the reaction of, of Luton fans because he was very much the pantomime villain last night with his his time wasting antics from pretty much the fifth minute, and then the the whole. The whole scenario with with Adebayo taking the penalty was just like the icing on the cake, really. I, I mean, to be fair, I think I just want to thank him because I think he he helped raise the Kenny atmosphere a bit last night. So his antics helped the fans, sort of, I guess, get a bit wild up, and I think that helped helped the team to win. So thank thank you, Collins, for being a twat, and yeah, see you later. I I'm I'm still struggling to understand how he got a yellow card for his antics before the penalty, but not a yellow card for the challenge on, on Udimma. I don't understand how he wasn't sent off there. That should have been two yellows. It'd been very harsh, but yeah. Harsh, but uh, I, I, I don't know. In my head, I'm just like, I, I fully expected a red card, but a yellow card for the challenge and then a yellow card for what he was doing. And even then, he probably could have got a yellow card later on in the game. He probably could have got a yellow card after seven minutes. It could have been the earliest time-wasting yellow card I've ever seen. But I don't really get it because from the onset, Barnsley were on top and you'd think they'd want to try and capitalise on that. But no, they did just slow the game down at every every given opportunity. I was quite impressed with Barnsley, I have to say, with, with the way they, they play and everything about that. But they're in a very, very desperate situation. I think Collins... Um really ought to be Wickham's goalkeeper. Fitting very, very well there, I'm sure. And with Birmingham as well, I think the the thing we've got to consider now, Lyle Taylor and, and Troy Deeney could be starting up front for them, which as a Luton fan, that's not that's not the best best of um forward duos because um you know that they both are not the most loved players in Luton history. Yeah, I mean I think I think good point on on the not being the most loved players. Um but I mean for me that that's just going to lift the away end. I think from minute 1 they're going to get so much stick and that's going to lift the away end. So I am looking forward to it so much. Yeah, as we've seen um Lyle Taylor's had a good start to to life at Birmingham. Um, a good a good fit by all means, a player that does love a goal against Luton, but you you think with us defensively now and you know we're not making the mistakes we did in our first season and you know we're continually improving as a defensive unit how important will a clean I know I know every clean sheet is very important but a clean sheet against against this lot would be would be massive in our, our chase for promotion and just as sort of a, a reference point as how far we've actually come yeah, definitely. I think um, with with those two, Dini and and, uh, and Lyle Taylor, it will be either. I think I think it'll be a good one to bring Sonny Bradley back for if he is fit, um, just because those two are so good at the kind of dark arts. You know, that as you're backpedaling, you know, the treading on your ankle, the elbow into your back, the 
the, all the little things that happen in the box that no one sees. Um, and and if he, if Sonny Bradley doesn't come back and we stick with Gabby Osho, um, it'll be a massive learning curve for him because it's probably be the most dark artsy kind of game he's going to ever have in the championship in, or, or for his whole career. Um, but I think we could do with Sonny Bradley back. But yeah, as you say, it'll be clean. We're, we're built on clean sheets. We're built on doing basics properly and then showing that little bit of quality to win a game. Um, so yeah, especially after the Birmingham game, after the the, the home tie where we you know we conceded five, a clean sheet would be massive. Um, but these 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 guys aren't in good form at all. I think their only win in recent weeks was against Barnsley. Um, and sorry, Barnsley fans, but but everyone's beating Barnsley at the minute. So I think that that it's definitely winnable. Um, it will be tough with those two because they are clever players um, who do all the dark stuff really really effectively. Um, kind of like kind of like Hilton. Everyone hates him if if you're the away, f- if you're not on his team. But if you've got him, then you know he's 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 the lord. Um, so yeah, clean sheet, massive, but very winnable game. Very winnable game. And with Birmingham as well, they've they've recently reverted to a back four again. Um, something that that we saw success with against Barnsley, um, a tactical tweak that saw Anya Dimmer come on and have a, a real impact on the left-hand side, Cornet going out to the right. And, you know, the solid back four was was a route to our success in the end. Is that something, again, that you, you can see happening on, on Saturday, knowing that, that um, Lee Bowyer is likely to, to uh, deploy a similar formation? No, I think I think for me the back three is a good system. I just think last night in particular, maybe a four was would have been wiser based on. I guess last night it, it's um, it was probably the first game where we had that mentality shift. To actually, no, we're, we're we're the better side here. We we are going to impose ourselves. It's the first time since League One we've really fought that. Um, before then, it's all about sort of competing in games, sort of just trying to impose ourselves but in, in a way that sort of frustrates the opposition in, in, in the way we play but last night was, was was a game where actually no like we, we should be winning this um so that's why I think a back four maybe just to have that, that extra man in midfield or up top against Elijah I think a back four made sense last night but going forward I think now I think a back three especially Western home I think a back three is our is our main system um so I I, I wouldn't necessarily see a switch just to match them up and and yeah they, they play back four but they've got two up top so do you really want to stick two centre halves one on one on on Lyle Taylor and Troy Deeney probably not you probably want you'll probably want that that, that extra man in there um so for, for Birmingham now nah, I think I think a back three is probably worth sticking with yeah should be should be a very good atmosphere as you say that the pantomime villains of, of Lyle Taylor and Troy Deeney will sure lift the crowd and yeah as, as you say it should be a very very good event at, at St Andrews we'll, we'll just look ahead to the rest of the month obviously four games left and and we asked a poll about what is sort of the minimum requirement in terms of points to, to keep up with this playoff race that we're currently in and the, the first option was six would be enough and that was with 25 percent of, of people were at um, there was 58% at, at nine and all 12. There was a massive 17%, which I was quite surprised to see. Um, Stephen, I'll come to you first. Um, what do you see as, as um, the minimum requirement to, to stay within this playoff race, considering 
the sort of the teams we do have coming up and it being a relatively difficult run. I think looking at it, I don't see Stoke as a game we can win just because of our record with them, especially away from home. I think there's just that, that bogey sort of side uh, with them. Um, I think I would, personally, I'd be happy with, with well, say, seven. Um, but we really, if uh, if we really want to get on with, with the playoffs, eight or nine is, is the minimum, I'd say, personally. You similar there, Jamie? You thinking nine is is what we should be aiming for to to maintain pace to to keep up with that? I think an absolute minimum seven is is two wins and a draw from form is an absolute minimum. Um, if if we want to get into the playoffs and add a bit, add a bit of a buffer than than ten, I mean, because I, I, I guess the, the points against Stoke and West Brom are worth more than the points against Birmingham at, at this stage. Um, they are the proverbial six pointers. Um, like a, a, a win against West Brom next weekend is so much more important in, in the playoff race than it, than it is this Saturday against against Birmingham. Um, but yeah, minimum seven, ideally nine. If we get ten or above, then then they're going to playoffs. That's true. And Dylan, are you, are you same and thinking seven is the minimum or? or... Would you make a case for even six, or, or where's your head at? Yeah, I, th- I think it's also tight at the minute, so probably six, seven points is is what we minimum need. Um, but there's still because it's so close, a lot can happen. So, and we're not at the stage yet where you know if you have a couple of bad results, then you're totally out of the picture. As we found out over the last kind of eight, eight or nine games, we can teams can very, very quickly creep up on on the on those playoff places. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, if we dropped a little bit, it would be disastrous. Um, but obviously we want to keep pace. We want to put ourselves in, in the best possible position. And as Jamie said, those games against West Brom uh, and Stoke, etc., are, are huge, um, are much, much more important in terms of, you know, six pointers. It's cliche, but, um, you know, those are big, big games. So all, all left to ask is the score predictions. And, and Stephen, I'll come to you first. Uh, 2-1 to Luton Jamie yeah same for me you got to back your own team 2-1 Dylan uh, I'll go 2-0 clean sheet I'll go 1-0 a really really scrappy 1-0 we'll do what we've done last year um, except it won't be Dan Potts this time who, who scores it will be Adebayo yeah, I'll go for Get the bets on, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be nowhere near. It'll be a thriller. <laughs> Troy Deeney own goal. Oh, how brilliant oh, would that happy be? Happy days. Well, that is all we have time for today. Big thank you to you, all three of you, actually, for, for joining. It's um first time in a while that we've had the three of us, well, four of us, sorry, I have to include myself, back on an episode. Um, our latest ticket giveaway is now live for Derby County on the 26th, so make sure to check out our Twitter and follow the steps on our um, on our tweet regarding the competition and get yourselves in a hat. We are, of course, at Oak Road Hatter. Another entry you can you can go by is on our Instagram page. We are at Oak Road Hatter Pod. And as we 
put all our attentions now to Birmingham. Hopefully, we can make sure we return to the next pod with another three points on the board, but goodbye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.